Another text on money. And the same text that Dr. Adams, noted Old Testament exegete, <laughs> preached on last Wednesday. And I am but a retired practical theology <laughs> guy. Oi! Ah, deal with it, Hartung. I heard the voice of Jesus say, well, or maybe it was just my own frustrated voice. <clears throat> Prayerfully, penitentially, deal with it, Hartung. So, here it goes. Briefly, in Jesus' name. Verse 10, check it out in your Bible, is a goofy place to start the reading. Try beginning with the context, verse 7. If you see oppression of the poor and violation of the rights and justice in the realm, do not be shocked by the fact, for the high official has another higher than he watching him and above these are others higher still. Yet an advantage for a country in every respect is a king for the arable land. The covetous man is never satisfied with money and the love of wealth reaps no fruit from it, so this too is vanity. And then we go to the moralism beginning in chapter 10, which essentially is money doesn't last, or riches are problematic, uh, pay attention to the gift of God, and do good things with your money. This is not, then, a section that only speaks pious wisdom about individual morality and individual use of money, although we'll get to that. My kind of translation here is, if you see oppression of the poor, and violation of rights and justice in the realm, in the land, in the United States, on the planet, don't be shocked. Because what this tells you is that people with money, especially in positions of power, are not using their money well. They are using it to aggrandize themselves, not for the general good. Exceptions, of course, are possible. This is evil. So put money in its place. If you have it, use it well. And do not get money by oppression of the poor and violation of human rights and justice. This would speak well to how we vote in U.S. elections, how we think about economic policies, local and national, and how we seek out correction to oppression of the poor and violation of rights and justice in the realm. As you get your parishes and as you do your ministry, speak of these things.
maybe less sex, less persecution of Christians, and more about economic equality and justice. But it also speaks to our gaining and use of money. <clears throat> one billion people in the world live on less than one dollar a day. The U.S. has 4.5% of the global population, but consumes 30% of the GDP. A clergy person making a net of $50,000 a year is in the top one-third of a percent of the richest people in the world and is the 28,652,583rd richest person in the world. Check it out, www.globalrichlist.com. Put in your own wealth and see where you are in relationship to the rest of the world. We've got money. You may not feel like it around student debt and all kinds of other things, but comparatively, we do. Most of us here, by worldly standards, are wealthy, and the question is, how do we use it in relationship to economic justice? Well, money, like all else, is a creation of God, a gift from God not to be gained by exploitation or oppression of the poor, nor gained from violating human rights, or doing injustice, or gained by the avariciousness of simply collecting more money. Money fairly gained is always, finally, and inexorably a gift of God and is to be used as all of God's gifts in service to others and to the glory of God. Our money is not really ours. We are but stewards. Use yours. Spend it well. Help in oppression help to correct oppression of the poor, violates, violations of rights and justice in the realm. And as you discern and think about this, as you pray about it, as you struggle about money and your use of it and our country's use of it and the world's use of it, as you do it, do so with our dear Christ at your side and empowered by his marvelous, energized spirit, and in the company of all of us who follow Jesus. Amen.